Hello, my name is Benjamin Pace, and this is the No Content Podcast, the podcast that I started because I wanted to have a podcast before everyone does. We have no content for ducks. Hey there, welcome to the No Content Podcast. Uh, I have once again seen the balloon effect happen on my, uh, my, my podcast series that I've done in the past, and that is saying, oh, this is going to be a four-part series, and then it's like, no, it's actually going to be a five-part series because I couldn't get it all into one podcast because I originally was going to release four podcasts uh, on Valentine's Day and then take a break for a couple of weeks. But I really feel like I, I need to do one last one. So this is going to be a five-part series, Valentine's Day series, talking about uh, romance, talking about love, talking about marriage. And uh, this last one, we're getting into the topic of honor and sex. And um, this is an important topic to get into. And I said some things in the last one, just kind of touching on, on uh, you know, getting into not only your singleness and being single and honoring God with, with your sexuality as a single person, but also how that comes into your marriage. And, and you, you kind of hear this term that people say, oh, well, you, you want to save yourself. You want to be pure until marriage. You see that a lot. People are like, you want to stay pure until marriage. But really, you know, that's not accurate. Because the, the the right way to say that is not to stay pure until marriage, but to keep yourself pure for marriage. Because marriage is pure, and, and and everything that is a part of marriage is pure already. It's still pure. You don't lose your purity when you get married. You're keeping yourself pure for marriage, and and marriage is pure. It is right. It is good. God created it. But as single people, you want to keep yourself pure for marriage and bring that purity into marriage with you. So I'm kind of going to just dive right in because I want to make sure I get everything out. The last time I just got cut off early and I I needed to, to get everything out that I need to get out. But we're talking about honor and sex and how the topic of sex has really been so associated with dishonor and being ashamed and being defiled. And, and a lot of the, the church for years has been ashamed to talk about it, been afraid to address the topic of it because it's very taboo. Um, but, but then you see this in an effort to, to not be ashamed of it. You see we've almost moved over into this area of dishonoring it and, and talking about it like the world and, and even making references to worldly things as if that's like the, the good stuff. Like that's like we all really want. And that's not true. And I touched on this in the last podcast is that it's not just about the natural side of things. It's about the blessing of God. And and we don't want, just want, you know, to, to, to hear from the world about all this natural stuff. We want to know from God about the blessing and to just recap a little bit, the blessing comes from honoring God with every area of our life. I touched on this a little bit last time. Um, you know, uh, about, about Proverbs five. And I'm going to read Proverbs five, um, you know, cause, and just as a reminder, this is scripture. So, you know, that's, I'm just reading the Bible. Um, so we're going to start with that and then we'll, we'll continue Proverbs five uh, verse 15. It says, my son, share your love with your wife alone, drink from her well of pleasure and from no other. Why would you have sex with a stranger or with anyone other than her? 
Reserve this pleasure for you and her alone and not with another. Watch this part. Your sex life will be blessed as you take joy and pleasure in the wife of your youth. You know, like I said, the world emphasizes the natural side of things. I don't even like to use this word, but it's what the world uses, performance, quote unquote. But the Bible emphasizes the blessing. And this is relevant to single people and married people because one of the ways that we we have the blessing on our marriage one day if we're single is by honoring God in this area of our life during these years. But it doesn't stop there because this is talking, this verse is talking to a married couple and they're saying, keep this for you and your, and your spouse alone. And that's how you're going to have the blessing on this area of your life. The blessing comes when you keep things reserved, when you honor things. And you should never, ever bring other things in Uh, especially pornography, especially other people. You don't need the world to influence you, and you need to guard against ungodly influences in, in this area of your life, whether it's before you're married or after you're married. The truth is, this is for both. Honor has to be learned, and the best time, honestly, the best time to learn it is when you're single. Uh, It's easy to try and justify yielding to the flesh. It's easy to try and justify when you're single and and, and it's like, oh, what does honor do, you know? But when you honor God with your single years, your married years will be blessed. And your single years will be blessed too. But but it's not just about that. You're, You're laying up for another time. And I'm not talking about, you know, being boring. You know, the blessing is not boring, but lust always leads to disfattest, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah dissatisfaction and depression. And if being in an, an ungodly influence or, or bringing in an in, a ungodly influence rather to spice things up, you can bring hell into the middle of your relationships and in the middle of your marriage. And honor really, honor has been lost to our generation. And I feel like we really need to bring honor back and understanding what, what honor is. And, and it's being reserved. It's keeping things set aside and reserved for the right thing and the right time and doing things God's way. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of go this direction for just a second, uh, guys. I'm gonna talk to guys for a second. You know, we need to stop looking for opportunities to see women with the least amount of clothes on. I'm gonna just let that marinate for just 2.5 seconds. We need to stop looking for opportunities to see women with the least amount of clothes. Instead, you know what we should do? We should go out of our way not to look on a woman shamefully or lustfully. Now, I'm not talking about if you're married, your spouse, obviously, but I'm talking about in general, whether you're single or married, a lot of guys, you hear them, they're looking for opportunities and want to go places, go to the beach, go to this place, because they know that's where women are not going to be dressing as much. And honestly... We should avoid those things. I'm not saying we have to be weird or paranoid or can't ever go anywhere, but we should certainly never go places because we know that's what's going to be there. Job said in Job 31.1, I have made a covenant, and I love it brings this, you know, covenant is honor. I've, I've honored my eyes, you could say. I've made a covenant with my eyes. How can I look lustfully at a woman? I love what the message translation says. I've made a solemn pact with myself never to undress a girl with my eyes. Oh, gosh. And listen, this <laughs> this applies if if you know if you're single and you're dating somebody, 
you know, before you're in covenant with somebody, before you're married to somebody, we're supposed to guard this. And I know I'm getting real here. I know I'm talking about some real stuff, but listen, don't try to play coy with me. I mean, especially if you're a guy, don't act like you've never dealt with this. This is truth. The Bible wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't an issue. I'm going to read that again in the message. I've made a solemn pact with myself never to undress a girl with my eyes. You know, Jesus said, if a man looks at a woman to lust after her, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. Well, that doesn't mean if you are tempted and you see something and it tempts you or a thought comes to you, a lot of times you can't control that. You can't stop a thought from coming to you. And a good reference to that is my podcast, Decline the Airdrop. You can't stop the airdrop from coming, but you don't have to accept it. But but he's talking about an intentionality and something in the heart where where you make a decision to think on something you shouldn't think about. Really, the King James says that, I've made a covenant with my eyes. How then shall I think or meditate on a woman? And and so it's this picture of this intentionality. Listen, guys, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice here. We need to have a wardrobe in our mind with extra clothes. And every time a naked woman shows up in our mind, we need to go to the wardrobe and dress her up so much that she looks like an Eskimo. And that's one of the ways that we honor God. We honor woman with our thoughts. I'm talking to guys there. And, and listen, girls, if you, like, I know you're, you're different. You're wired a little bit differently than guys are. If you have a problem, you know, if you can't look at Chris Hemsworth and not think thoughts, hey, you need to have a wardrobe too. You know, lust, lust can, can apply not to more than just guys. So I'm just saying, you know, you need to have a wardrobe in your mind. You need to have lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. You know what I'm saying? Um, but anyway, it's a choice. It, 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 Satan can't make you sin. He can't make you commit adultery in your heart. It's a choice always. And the idea has kind of been given, you know, to, I'll touch on this for a second, that you shouldn't allow um, your sexuality to be influenced by the world when you're single. But when you're married, you can just fling the door wide open to every bizarre influence and bizarre thing and 50 shades of gray or whatever. And, 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 you know, uh, lust can affect anyone in anything. I've heard people talk about how like, oh, you know, like, well, you know, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to say that. But, you know, talking about watching certain kinds of movies and things like that and, and, and you know, how that influenced their marriage. And listen, that, that may be a, a bring excitement for a moment, but you're playing with fire because pornography is a corrupting influence. And whether it's on a movie screen or whether it's whatever it is, the Bible says, let it be yours alone and not others with you. And if you need to bring other things in and other people in and other things in to try and spice things up, I'm telling you, you're playing with fire and you're not honoring God and his word because he said, don't do that. Well, Ben, you're being legalistic. Listen, no, listen, the blessing is, is what enriches our lives in every area of our life. And when we honor God with every area of our life and we refuse to be influenced by ungodly things, I'm telling you. The Bible says to meditate in the Word day and night. The Bible has plenty of good things in here that you can read and feed on that are anointed and pure and right. But the world is a corrupting influence. And whether you're single or married, we have to guard against these influences. And we have to guard these areas of our lives and honor God with them. And that is how we will experience the blessing. Sex is not bad. Sex is not evil. And we're not supposed to be ashamed of it, but we are supposed to honor it. You know, James tells us to keep ourselves unspotted by the world. Uh, You know, God is the designer. He has the patent, and you don't need the world's lust. You, You want God's blessing. That's what's truly enriching. Psalm 1 says that blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. 
that that says it right there. The blessing comes when you refuse to allow ungodly counsel to influence you. We want the blessing, and blessing comes when you honor God. When, when you allow God's word to renew your mind, you'll ha- experience you'll experience the blessing in whatever area of your life you apply it to, and that includes your sex life within the marriage covenant, and that includes your sexuality before you're married. Now, now what I mean by that is to say that when you apply God's word and renew your mind before you're married and you understand what God sees and why it's reserved for covenant, that will bring blessing into your life, not only when you're single, but when you get married. But in order to have the full blessing God wants us to have both before and after marriage, you have to let God in and you have to keep the world out. I'm telling you, lust will corrupt a marriage as much as singleness will. Psalm 101 talks about, I will walk within my house in a perfect way with a perfect heart. I'll set no wicked thing before my eyes. It says, I hate the work of those who who turn aside. It will not cling to me. I love that. It will not cling to me. That's important. You know, Galatians 5 talks about, uh, walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. And it talks about the fruit of the Spirit and how it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and humility and self-control. Uh, you know, uh, love is patient. The first thing love is is patient. And if you're single, uh, one of the, the best ways you can yield to true love is through patience. I love what my spiritual father, Brother Keith Moore, says. Uh, the flesh says, get it now anyhow, but... Faith says, if you wait, it'll be great. That's patience. It's not wrong to have desires as a single person, but love is patient. And love will honor God and it will wait for the right time and for the, the protection of covenant. And whether you're single or married, um, you, you, you can be dominated uh, by lust. Um, but but in the same token, if you're walking in love and in the spirit, you can't, whether you're single or married. Uh, you know, lust is something that can try to influence you in any season of your life. But if you'll walk in love and walk in the spirit, it won't be able to dominate you. I love what First Thessalonians 4 uh, says in the Amplified Bible. In verse 3, it says, For this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated and set apart for pure and holy living, that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice. Now, I'm going to stop right there. What is all sexual vice? That is anything that is pulling you away from God. That's anything that's tempting you outside of God's design and his plan for you. And you say, well, what does that include? Like, listen, you know, somebody once did a study on the Greek definition of the word all, and you know what it meant? You guessed it. It means all. All sexual vice. Vice is something that tempts you and pulls you away from God. Like the Bible says, God, God does not tempt us with evil. You know, he cannot be tempted and neither tempteth he any man. And Jesus prayed that, that you would lead us not into temptation. But it goes on to say this, that each one of you should know how to possess, control, and manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profane, and watch this, honor, not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen who are ignorant of the true God and have no knowledge of his will. Now that verse kind of destroys the idea that like you can just bring any corrupting influence into your marriage and that's okay. Now listen, I'm not it's listen. I'm not saying telling you what you can and can't do as a married couple. That's none of my business. I'm not saying that's between you and God, but I'm I'm just saying this. 
don't let the world influence you. Don't let lust come in and try to influence you. Don't let pornography and, and all these ungodly things in the world influence you. I'm not telling you, that's none of my business. I'm not even going there with you, okay? I, I don't want to. I'm just saying, don't let the world come in and influence you, whether you're single or married. In the Good News translation uh, of that same verse, it says this, God wants you to be holy and completely free from sexual immorality. And I said this before, sexual immorality is just wrong sexual behavior. And it says, each of you men should know how to live with his wife in a holy and honorable way, not with a lustful desire like the heathen who do not know God. Now, let me just emphasize this. We're talking about lustful desire. We're not talking about strong desire. We're not talking about passionate desire, any of that. No, you read Song of Solomon, read Proverbs 5. That's not what we're talking about. Lust is a corrupted desire. Lust is letting the world come in and influence you rather than letting God influence you, rather than having the blessing. We're not talking about being boring and all this stuff and being, I'm not saying any of that. No, I'm saying that when God comes in and God blesses you, that is when your life will be enriched, but you won't have any sorrow added unto it. The truth is, lust undermines true intimacy and it leads to corruption, but God's blessing is truly enriching. I'll say that again, lust undermines true intimacy. Lust puts all the emphasis on just the, the natural side of something, and, and it does not honor what covenant is, it doesn't honor what intimacy represents, and, and it has no honor for that, it's shameful. But love, love is the thing that brings the blessing and it honors and it protects and it values. We don't want to live on the ragged edge of what is technically not sin. We, we have to, watch this, we need to defer to the higher standard with some things. We need to honor God. And people ask, well, is this okay? Is that okay? Can I do this? Can I do that? What about this? Look, it's simple. Is it love? Is it honoring God? Is it honoring your spouse? Is it honoring your future spouse? Is it making them feel valued or is it making them feel used? And also, where did you learn it? Did you learn it from God or did you learn it from pornography? You got to watch about the corrupted influences of the world. And I touched on this last time, but you know, Hebrews 13 says, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Well, that word fornication goes back to sexual immorality. It's wrong sexual behavior or, or, or shameful sexual behavior. And, and, and does that mean that you can just bring any wild, crazy, bizarre thing and it's still honorable? No, it doesn't. Watch this in, in the Amplified Bible. It says, let marriage be held in honor, esteemed worthy, precious, of great price, and especially dear in all things. And thus let the marriage bed be undefiled. Watch this. Kept dis, undishonored. For God will judge and punish the unchaste means they have no self-control, all guilty of sexual vice and adulterous. Now, again, I'm not presuming to tell a married couple what they can and cannot do in their marriage. That's none of my business. What I am saying is don't let the world come in and corrupt and influence it. Don't, listen, don't let what you've learned from corrupted, ungodly influences shape how you see this area of your life. And just like in Psalm 101, it says, I hate the work of them who turn aside. It will not cling to me. That means people who are involved in things that are wrong and ungodly and, and, and the, the business of lust and the business of things that are not good and impure, don't let that cling to you. Don't let that get in your heart. 
even when you're married. The marriage bed is not automatically undefiled. That's not how that works. In fact, you are charged and responsible to keep it undishonored. Like Adam was told to dress and keep the garden. And this is true of a single person. This is true of married people. We steward our singleness. We, tr- we steward our sexuality in our single years before we get married. And after we get married, we're supposed to steward our marriage. You know, Song of Solomon calls intimacy a secret garden that's reserved for the spouse. A garden has to be kept. It has to be weeded. It has to be maintained. And, and it says it's a secret garden. You know, it's kind of like on Cinderella when there's, they go to that secret garden. Thankfully, that wasn't a bad scene or anything like that. But you know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's a secret garden. And it's supposed to be reserved. It's not supposed to be for, for strangers to come in and be in there and start trimming this and start planting this and be in there. No, it's a reserved thing. It's, it's supposed to be kept apart. And it says this uh, in, in Ephesians 4, uh, talks about people who are not godly. It says, Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But it says this, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And it says, I'm sorry, I skipped the part. It says, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. That goes back to how lust is a liar. Lust is deceitful. It'll make things seem appealing, but it's really corrupting. But it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We have to guard against lasciviousness. And anything, this, this no honor, no restraint, anything goes. And it, and it comes back to, what's your vision? Without vision, people cast off restraint. And if you have no godly vision for your future marriage or your current marriage, in the, in the, uh, in the sense of if you're single, believing to get married, not if you're married and want another marriage, that's not what I mean. But, but if whether you're believing to get married or are married, that, that you have a, a godly vision that enables you to have restraint. But this lasciviousness is anything goes, anything we want to do. And, and that's, that's why d- pornography is so destructive. And, and, and um, it, it's this anything goes mentality that corrupts and destroys. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm just going to be transparent. I, I, I have a desire to get married and I'm looking forward to enjoying this with my wife one day. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to give you too much information, but that's just the truth. I'm like, I'm not ashamed to say I'm looking forward to being married and enjoying this in the right way. But I'll say this to you. I don't want to touch the lust of this world with a 10 foot pole. It's not about shame. It's about honor. And, and, uh, I, I, you know, I've had to walk out of some movies before because I wanted to honor God and honor my future spouse. I've had to leave some conversations before because I wanted to honor God and I wanted to honor my future spouse. And, and I I have not been perfect, um, with the jokes I've told before and the certain things, but, um, but I really have a heart that I want to honor God. And, and I want to, when I get married, I want to make my spouse feel honored and valued and not used. And, and I don't want to just be influenced by the world. I mentioned this before, but Romans 8 says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Really, to have a godly vision, we have to see sex from God's perspective. And like I said before, the world puts all the emphasis on the physical and the flesh and all that, but you know, God emphasizes the blessing. And Romans 1 talks about how the world just, they worship the human body. They worship all this stuff. They were, they, they, it's just this perversion uh, of something that's supposed to be kept sacred and private. And they, and they just paste it on everything. And, and, and it's just perversion. It's just ungodliness. It's shame. And, and, and it's shameful. It's wrong. And it's a dishonoring of it. 
you know, it's kind of like in the Bible, it talks about Esau and his birthright, you know, and, and the blessing that came with it. You know, uh, Esau wanted the blessing that came with his birthright, but he despised the birthright itself. And a lot of people want the blessing, um, but they, they, they don't honor God and they don't honor God with what he's given them. And, and Esau despised his birthright and he traded it for immediate satisfaction and because of that, he missed out on the blessing. Now, I'm not saying that if you've messed up, you're going to miss out on the blessing. No, God is gracious and merciful. But we have to come to God with humility to get grace. And that's the truth and, and, and acknowledging the truth. Um, you know, we have to be careful not to trade the blessing uh, for physical satisfaction. You know, we have to be careful not to trade the blessing for just temporary satisfaction. Um, you know, I, I, I really like what, what second Timothy, um, two uh, verse 20 says, uh, I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, bear with me for just a second. Cause I didn't have it already pulled up, but I, I love what it says here. Uh, in second Timothy, uh, chapter two, verse 20, it talks about being a vessel of honor and it talked about keeping ourselves undefiled and, and thus, becoming a vessel of honor. And I'm, I'm going to read it in the, in the um, newer Amplified Translation. There's Amplified Classic, and I'm going to read this in the newer Amplified Translation because I really like what it brings out in this version. It says, uh, verse 20, Now in a large house there are not only vessels and objects of gold and silver, but also vessels and objects of wood and of earthenware. Some are for honorable and noble good use, and some for dishonorable, ignoble, and common. See, we have that honorable and common, treating things commonly. It says in verse 21, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things which are dishonorable, disobedient, and sinful, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and set apart for a special purpose and useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And it goes on to say this, Run away from youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those believers who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So you see this, this, um, this kind of idea here of, of honor and the blessing that comes with it. He says, you'll be a vessel of honor if you cleanse yourself from these things. And, 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 and one translation says from corrupting influences, we have to guard against corrupting influences. Uh, I love, I love, uh, <laughs> this is funny too. This is something for, for single people. And this is, this, this is helpful. Yeah. I talked about and one of the podcasts is called A Threefold Cord and it talks about how a healthy, you know, um, healthy stages of a relationship and how to keep it pure and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, I heard a story one time from my pastor. I reference him a lot, Keith Moore. And, and he talked about he, he was a teacher at Bible school. And there was a couple who, uh, you know, they they would go out. He had a big window that could look at the parking lot. And then this, this couple would go out and sit at their car like every day. And they would just have a like makeout session right in front of his window, like every day. And it, and it wasn't just like a, it wasn't just like giving a little kiss or, or something like that. It wasn't just, you know, light affection. It was like they were, they were, you know, unashamed in their expression of, of affection. And, um, uh, he, 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 he tolerated it for as long as he could. And eventually he, he went out and he's like, uh, uh, guys, uh, I'm gonna try to talk like him. Uh, he said, they're like, yes, brother Keith. And, and he said, uh, can I ask y'all a question? And, uh, he's from Mississippi as a Mississippi accent. And they said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He said, uh, are y'all married? And they're like, well, well, no, no, we're not, we're not married, but, uh, but we're, we're going to get married. And, uh, he's like, right. Well, uh, 
gonna get married is the exact same thing as not married. And, um, man, that's the truth. Uh, one of the ways we honor God in our singleness, whether we're dating somebody or whatever, is not pretending to be married when we're not. And and listen, I'm not trying to just put a big emphasis on, you know, marriage license, government, all that stuff. That's Western, but God looks at covenant. And if you have not made a covenant with somebody, you shouldn't be acting like you have. And, and, And it's not a light thing because covenant is a big deal to God. And there are some things that should be reserved for covenant. We talked about that in a threefold cord. Um, there are some things that should be reserved for covenant. And, and we honor God by deferring to the higher standard. And I'm not saying that you should just be like a weirdo and a prude and like side hug after you get engaged. You know, I'm not saying that. I mean, if you do do that, I'm not faulting you. Do whatever you feel like you need to do, you know, to, to keep yourself pure. I'm not trying to criticize you if you do do that. But I'm just saying you don't have to be weird. But deferring to the higher standard with some things, honoring God, following your conscience, and, and, and reserving things for marriage that are reserved for marriage, those are all things that bring the blessing. And when you get married, when you are married, doing things God's way, being influenced by Him, not the world, that brings the blessing into your marriage. And, and really, I'm not trying—this is nothing to do with like trying to, 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 to put anybody in bondage or be legalistic. No, it, all it is is saying, hey— God wants to bless you. God wants you to be blessed, but Satan wants to take the lust of the flesh and use it to gain access to corrupt your relationship because he hates marriage. He hates he doesn't want you if you're single to meet a godly person and get into covenant and 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 have kids. He doesn't want that. He hates family. And if you are in covenant, he wants to destroy your marriage and he'll use anything he can to do it. And so it's just recognizing his influence and resisting his influence and saying I'm not going to be influenced by ungodly things. And don't believe the lie that ungodliness is fun and that things are boring without the world. No, that's not true. God, his blessing is what makes every area of our lives rich and adds no sorrow with it. Now, listen, I know I got into some things in this podcast and I just kind of called some things out and I feel like I just needed to talk about this and address this issue because it's such an important issue and there's some things on my heart that I feel like I needed to say about it. But uh, a couple things here, and then I'm going to close out because uh, this is, you know, like I said, I'm releasing all five of these podcasts at once, and I'm just going to leave them for a while and let people, you know, hear them and go back to them as they want to, and continue on with my regular like weekly thing. But I'm going to kind of take a break for a couple weeks after this. But but these are just good, and and honestly, if you if you know somebody who's who's dealing with some stuff in this area, maybe recommend one of these to them, not to promote me, but to help them. And uh, these are good things to listen to, you know, if, if this is something you felt like you needed to some wisdom about. Not that I know everything, but I'm endeavoring to just, you know, preach from, from what I see in the Word. And uh, I, don't, I don't have all the counsel. I don't know everything. Like, like a man asked a, a minister one time, he went up to him and said, you, you're not preaching the whole counsel of God. And, and the minister, the Texas minister, he was from Texas, he said, uh, he said sir, I don't know the whole counsel of God. And uh, I would say that to you. I don't know the whole counsel of God, but I'm endeavoring to to speak the truth that I do see, and, and I hope it, it helps you. And, um, and ultimately, uh, uh, let the Word of God be your standard. And, and if you can find it in the Word, then it's good. Um, and if you can't, then, uh, well, uh, just let the Word of God be your foundation. I'm going to say this real quick. Um, you know, 
Satan uh, is, well, <laughs> here we go. Satan is the master of bait. And, um, you know, people ask the question about certain things. Is this wrong? Is that wrong? If you're single, is it wrong to do this? Is it wrong to do that? And I don't want to get graphic and, and be crude or anything like that. Um, like I said, kind of recommended that not younger people listen to this podcast. Still don't want to be crude. But Satan is, is the master of bait. And he will use the flesh as bait to make him your master. And in any area of your life, if, if your flesh is the dominating force, then Satan can hook you into bondage and try to make the flesh your master. You know, the Bible talks about in James how, you know, uh, we are, we're tempted and we're drawn away of our own lust and enticed. Some people hear that and they think, oh, well, that means like our, our own lust is tempting us. But really that's not true because you've never gone to the to the lake and seen a fishing pole just just fishing by itself. No, there's always a fisherman on the other side of the fishing pole. There's just the, the minnows are the bait. And the flesh is the bait. The desires of the flesh are the bait, but Satan is the one on the fishing pole trying to lure us in, trying to reel us in to get us off the path into vices, into corruption, into wrong things. And and the Bible says, blessed is the man that endures temptation. There's a blessing that comes from resisting the influence of the enemy and resisting his bait that tries to pull you in to wrong habits, to wrong wrong things. And, and guarding these areas of our life is so important because we honor God, we honor the people that we care about, we love, and it brings blessing. Uh, I'm going to close it with this. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says that love is patient, love is kind, love is not uh, jealous or envious, it doesn't boil over with jealousy, it's not selfish or self-seeking, it's not touchy or fretful or resentful, it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It goes through a whole list, and I would just encourage you to go back and read 1 Corinthians 13. I've read it on the podcast before. It's a good chapter. I'd recommend reading it almost every day if you can. But love is the highest standard. And uh, if you want to honor God and you want to have the blessing in your life, let love, true divine love, be the influence of every area of your life. And love honors. Love protects. Love values. It doesn't treat things as common and, and nothing. Um, love it is honoring. And the richest life is the one that honors God and has the blessing on it and is fully operated by the love of God. It's operated on the love of God. And listen, purity is an ongoing pursuit. Single people, um, you're not called to keep yourself pure until marriage. You're called to keep yourself pure for marriage. And, and so that when you'll know how to keep it pure after you're married. And, and purity does not stop uh, when you get married. And, and the only thing I wanted to talk about today and in these podcasts is just having a spirit of honor and love. And listen, you will never, uh, uh, you will never hurt your marriage, both now or in the future, if you're single, by honoring your spouse by by going out of your way to make them feel valued and honored and loved. You'll never hurt them. You'll never hurt them by by being less selfish. You'll never hurt them by, by caring more about them than you do yourself. You'll never hurt them by, by letting love dominate you more. And, and there's so much junk in the world. Um, and, and the Bible tells us we're supposed to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. And uh, God, uh, he's the author of every good thing. Every good and perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor a shadow of turning. And when we honor God, 
we receive his blessing and the richness of it on every gift that he gives us and on every area of our life. And uh, purity uh, is peace. And purity is joy. Because there's nothing as wonderful in life as having a clean, clear conscience before God and knowing that you're doing his will and doing things his way. I hope you got something out of this on the No Content Podcast. My name's Benjamin Pace. If I stepped on your toes a little bit, I'm sorry. I, you know, uh, I apologize. I, nobody likes sore toes, but I do like the blessing and I want you to be blessed. So if you don't think I know what I'm talking about, you're right. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's why I'm endeavoring to base everything I say on the word of God. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, this has been the no content podcast. I hope you got something out of this today and, uh, I will talk to you the next time that you click play. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. If you want to, you can follow me on social media at No Content. Or if you don't want to, then you don't have to. So don't. Don't worry about it. But whatever you do, please remember these three things. Number one, God loves you. Number two, you are valuable. And number three, so is everyone else. And number four, please don't forget to feed the ducks.